So, nice to be with everybody. And if you can't hear me very well, let me know. We'll try to adjust accordingly, technically. Um, but um, this morning I want to, as I mentioned yesterday, discuss Prakat Leela as it follows in the Bhagavatam from the Govardhan Leela. But uh, let us preface that with some mention of Udarnata Thakur, whose appearance day is today. And um, I've lectured on uh, Udarnata Thakur's uh, contribution in the past, but um, he was, of course, as most of you know, a the patron saint of Prabhupada's uh, family. So, as a child, every year they would make the pilgrimage from Calcutta to uh, Udarnathpur. Mm-hmm. We were blessed uh, the other day here um, to hear from Agnidev of his various travels, which to me were very uh, analogous to those of Gopakumar. He seems to go everywhere and have a desire, and some devotee shows up and says, well, let he has a desire to go to Puri, and some devotee shows up and says, I was thinking of going to Puri. <laughs> and off they go. So he was telling us of his travels when he was under lockdown in Mayapur and went to Puri and and uh, so forth. And on his return from Puri, from Calcutta, they took a car, and along the way they stopped at Udarandatta Pur, I believe it's called now, and the, the pit, the path, the, the, the center of Udhanathakur. Um, and this is where Prabhupada used to go annually for a pilgrimage. The Thakur was the right-hand man of uh, Nityananda Prabhu. When Nityananda Prabhu came to West Bengal, as he was commissioned to do <laughs> by, uh, I laugh uh, about that, uh, it's another issue it, it may come up in our talk but commissioned no doubt uh, by uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu to go and deliver the people um, in the outlying areas uh, from Nadia and uh, even to the extent that he told Udarandatta not to return yearly as he was doing to Jagannath Puri and when he would come he'd come with Udarandatta Thakur who at that time uh, had um, uh, many days opportunity to cook for Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and uh, Mahaprabhu told him to assist Nityananda Prabhu but when, but, but when Nitai came first to um, Udaranta Thakur's village that that time his name was Dvikara Dvikara means day maker hmm? means it's a name for the sun it makes the day uh, which is bright and um, um, is very uh, magnanimous, I guess you could say, in the sense that, it, that, it, that as a result of the sun, we have rain, uh, largely, and we have crops, and we have a uh, nice disposition on a sunny day, um, and so forth. So in an ordinary sense, the, um, the sun it makes our day, also, in many respects. Hmm? I've given an example before of two men living in a cave that have no idea of what's what it's like outside, and and one goes outside and sees the sun, and sees jackfruits and 
papayas and mangoes and and all the things that the sun that, that require sun and so forth. How can he possibly explain what the world in the sun is like to someone who's never even seen light? Right? Of course, the example is there just to make the point that he he may crack a hole in the cave and a little light may come through and you say that's the sun. And the other guy starts to get it. Wow, that's fantastic. Hmm? So this is an example of how sometimes the Upanishads say that the jiva is consciousness and the jiva is one is Brahman. Hmm? True. But there's more to the story. Right? Hmm? So like if you go outside the cave, you go, well, there's more to the story than just that ray there, hmm? which is of a consciousness nature, like Brahman, a likeness, unlike anything constituted of matter, right? Hmm? So there's uh, there's nothing in the world that consciousness is like. That's why it's hard to define it because we define things by comparing it to others and and so on and so forth. So anyway, Dweekar, his name was May, was the, was a, was a daymaker, and Nityananda Prabhu changed his name. Uh, to Udaran. Udaran uh, speaks of greater generosity, magnanimity, and uh, uh, sense of being a provider than the sun is because uh, in, in this context, under the auspices of Nityananda Prabhu, he became a very uh, uh, magnanimous and uh, charitably disposed towards all the people by way of engaging in the full sense of Jivadoya. Jivadoya and Namkirtan. Bhaktivinoda Thakur says Jivadoya Krishna Nam Jivadoya Sarva Dharma Sar Jivadoya Kindness to others Krishna Nam which means taking chanting the name Jivadoya Krishna Nam Sarva Dharma Sar Sar means essence cream we talked about it yesterday. So the essence of Dharma are these two things, he says. To be kind to other jivas and to um, engage in Namsan Kirtan. Hmm? So he did both and uh, uh, and following really the lead of Nityananda Prabhu, he was, uh, as I say, his, his right arm and they were unlike largely Chaitanya Mahaprabhu a wing or a side of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's uh, dispensation that uh, amounted to kind of a socio well kind of a uh, I would say a, a Vaishnav um, social social welfare hmm? the people of uh, that area Saptagram area had been disenfranchised from the socio-religious um, community, and Nityananda Prabhu gave them a new community of their own, with, without the rituals of Varnashram, one ritual for all people, all genders, Namsan Kirtan, come together and celebrate. And Udarandatta was uh, was a man of also some material standing, and he employed all of that in helping the people. He made this famous kitchen. To uh, covered like ten acres. Imagine how big the kitchen was to feed the people of Bengal during the drought and the famine. Built houses for them and so forth, and turned a community of nominal Vaishnavas into actual Vaishnavas, infused with, inspired by, and pursuing 
the ideal of Sakirasa. Hmm? Um, very outgoing, it, it seems, was Udaranta Thakur. And um, sometimes he's described as Udarandatta Patita Patita Pavana. Not just Patita Pavana, kind to the friend of the fallen, but friend, extra friendly. <laughs> uh, uh, patita Patita uh, Pavana. Hmm. Very extended idea, anyway, of. Of, of kindness to others. Mm-hmm. And uh, given that Prabhupada had such early childhood impressions uh, involving Udhara place, he wanted to spend uh, funds and manpower, people power there. Uh, and there was a correspondence that he initiated with the Mahant the and uh, and those in charge of the property. That record, that letter is is, is 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 available. I've read it here before in discussions, but I don't have it with me today. It's something that he wa- he wanted wanted to do. Hmm? Maybe someday we can do it. Who knows? Hmm. Um, but anyway, Agni was fortunate to visit there. I haven't been there yet, but it's been some place I I've, I wanted wanted to go. Um, from the he's one of the Dwarasa Gopals. Uh, one of the principal associates of Nityananda Prabhu in Sakiras and his uh, Brajalila Surup, he is Subahu Gopi, who is the Narmasaka. Hmm. Subahu. Subahu Gopi. Hmm. Uh, Gopa, excuse me. Subahu Gopa. There's not much uh, written about Subahu, um, but uh, that's not that important because you only get a facsimile of <laughs> What, what such person's lives and wh- and whatnot are are involved are about by reading about it. You have to worship, serve, pray, do stamps and kirtan, and go there. Mm-hmm. But um, anyway, we're honored today to even have the thought of him. There are there is a famous painting of him that's uh, of him in his sadaka vesh. We were talking about the sadaka days, sadaka days with the clothing, the ornamentate, the tilak. Krishna's name printed on him everywhere. Vaishnav Tilak, Japamala, sitting on the bank of the Ganga. Oh, his picture is here, right? Yes, we have him on our altar. Yes, today. Udarandatta Thakur. That said, of course, his Sakyabhav sometimes uh, was so in- intense, as it was with other members of the Dwarasa Gopals and Nityananda Prabhu himself, that sometimes his inner Siddharupa Sakirasa Baba came out in his Sadaka Deha and you could see him at sometimes apparently with ankle bells and a cowherd horn and uh, and, uh, and such uh, paraphernalia it's very extraordinary hmm. it's not as we've learned this morning that we should in our Sadaka Deha dress like gopis or gopas but in very extreme cases where gopas come here, then sometimes that may, may, their baba may, may, may come out, even in their sadhagadeya. But those seem to be, uh, those descriptions which you can find in Chaitanya Charitamrita, Chaitanya Bhagavad, and other texts, seem to be exceptions hmm, to the norm of their uh, decorum, um, because they lived like sadhakas, set a perfect example, 
of 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 of, of a sadhaka's life, much like the Goswamis, um, busy opening centers, mostly performing, uh, engaged in, in Nams and Kirtan. They, they probably more much more than writing, hmm, which w- we don't really have any works of theirs. They were engaged more actively uh, with the public in in in, in, in Nam Kirtan and uh, deity worship. Of course, from Dallas Gopals, we have through Gauridas Pandit, one of them also the the worship of Gauridasananda, which he at Gaur and Nitai's um, suggestion uh, he uh, instituted. And Agni was fortunate to go there also to Kalna, right, to Gauridas Pandit's place. Yes. Famous deities there, the original deities of Gordonatananda. So, a word uh, and uh, an appeal for the blessings of all Dwaras of Gopals and Udar Thakur in particular today before we start. Udar Thakur Kijai. But uh, where we left off in my last uh, series of talks uh, from the Bhagwat from the Sakiras vantage point was the Govardhan Leela. I was in North Carolina at that time. And um, so we want to pick up where we left off there. And of course the Govardhan Leela ends with the, uh, there's four chapters to deal with the Govardhan Leela. There's the very idea of the Govardhan Puja that surfaces in the first chapter that orchestrated by Krishna uh, who finds out that Indra is um, a, a lot of work and commotion is going on for the worship of Indra, which he objects to. And um, in, in I believe the second chapter is the uh, the actual puja, the Govardhan puja, and then the third chapter is Indra's wrath and how Krishna expertly dealt with it. And the fourth chapter is the aftermath, if you will, of the elders in the community reflecting on what just happened. Hmm? Your son, Nanda, lifted the hill. How, how do we, you know, understand this? Which is an ongoing affair in the Prakat Leela. Hmm? We shouldn't think that there's no Aishvarya in Vrindavan. There's more Aishvarya in Vrindavan than we can find anywhere. Hmm? It doesn't affect people, the devotees there, in the way it does in other places. When Krishna shows his godhood by doing something godly, like lifting Govardhan Hill, they wonder about it but it does not cause their bhava as a parent or as a friend or a lover to recede to the background as it does for Arjuna, for example, in Bhagavad Gita when Krishna shows the universe to be inside himself. He loses contact momentarily with his sakya, intimacy with, with, with Krishna and becomes reverent. So this doesn't happen to the inhabitants of Vrindavan on the strength of their bhava, which turns the the God in himself, the source of all divinity, into their friend. Hmm? Their Baba turns him into their lover, turns him into their child, which, of course, he's charmed by, hmm? controlled by. But nonetheless, he is God, so his Aishvara is there in the background, and he comes out from time to time. And doesn't come out anymore, anymore, anywhere, any more anywhere than it does in Vrindavan, which is very interesting. Hmm? The Brahma Mohan Leela is probably the the best example of that, right? but Govardhan Leela is a pretty good example too. This is this is a and this is a Leela, of course, in which everyone, without exception, witnessed the, the heroism 
uh, of Krishna. In his early childhood, well, his heroism could be easily construed to have been uh, something else, hmm? some other forces involved. Hmm? He sucked the breast of Putana, but she died, but who knows? You don't die by having your breast sucked, you know, so maybe something else happened. There are many ways, the excuses, the rationality to come up with. As we enter into Krishna's Pogonda Leela slightly, at the end of his Kumar Leela, and I've mentioned this before, well then, he starts to perform heroic acts that at least his friends can understand uh, are, without question, exhibitions of his own prowess. They, they think of it, as, as and rightly so, as his heroism, which is an, an Udipana for their for their Sakya Bhav, and they think I could have done it too, but you know, <laughs> but but he's done it, hmm? and they're proud of him hmm? uh, for for such. Um, but again, it, at that time, because he's alone with them in the forest, he kills Vatsasura, he kills Bakasura, then Agasura. They're seeing these things. Vatsasura, in particular, he makes it very clear when he kills not not Vatsasura, Bakasura, when he kills Vatsasura. The demon who took the shape of a calf. Uh, it's not quite clear to the coward boys what happened because he just kind of grabbed the leg, back legs, and whirled the calf around. Which he, you know he plays with the calves and so on and so forth. Anyway, and the calf died. Then it was apparent that he was a monster in disguise. But to make it clear to them, then in the same day he killed Bakasura, and that was very clear that Bakasura grabbed him between the, his beak and then Krishna. What bifurcated the beak and defeated him and so forth. So it was very clear. Krishna did this himself. Hmm? And, and then on it goes. And the stories about that, of course, are coming back to the village every day by the coward boys, who are, after all, just boys. And so boys will be boys. And you know, we can't believe everything they say. They're exaggerations and so on and so forth. But here with the Govardhan Leela, then everybody sees the prowess of Krishna. Right? And... Um, so after it's over, the, the elders need some counsel with, uh, with, 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 with Nanda Baba. And, of course, it's understood in due, in due course that, um, well, he has, it's been said that he will have powers of Narayan. Hmm? And again, the logic is, therefore, we should protect him. Now, why do you need to protect somebody that has the powers of Narayan? But that's the logic of Braj, and it makes perfect sense to everybody there. I'm very happy. So, so what happened, of course, was that Indra came, and at the end, in the last uh, uh, last chapter, and then there's the ex- well, maybe the second to the last chapter, and the last chapter is speaking about the fact that Indra came, among other things. Indra came, Krishna went, kept his friends at a distance, went, spoke with Indra accepted his prayers, accepted gifts from all of the gods who came, gods and goddesses, and uh, then they flew off and the boys came and took the gifts and put on the vestments and the crown and tried it on themselves and then they marched on home. Before they got home, they took off the clothes and put them on Krishna, said, you're the prince, and and so these were remarkable uh, gifts that Krishna found in the forest that looked like they had to come from heaven, and of course they did. And Nanda Maharaj was uh, seeking an explanation, 
ultimately Madhu Mangal volunteered. Some guy with uh, our eyes all over his body, which would be Indra, um, was offering pranams, and, and and another guy with four heads was paying obeisances, and another guy with five heads, that would be Shiva in this case. So he described the gods like this, and, and uh, one gave him this, one gave him that. Hmm. Shiva gave him bamboo flute, and that's important as the discussion today goes on. Um, and at that time, then an, an oracle from the sky was heard, right? And it, from the gods themselves giving an answer, if you will, to Nanda Maharaj. Hmm? We have crowned him Gobinda. Hmm? King of the gods, you should crown him as the prince of Vrindavan. Prince Meet would be the heir to the throne of the Cowherd Kingdom. And everybody liked that. It was a very charming idea. Yes, it should be done. We, we all thought like that, of course. Krishna would be the heir to Nanda Maharaj. So, a big festival uh, ensued. Hmm? And and all the opulence and the Aishvari of, of, of the lifting of the hills was, was all forgot about. Well, anyway, whatever. Hmm? Uh, uh, and the, the, the festival took precedent in everyone's mind. And uh, a very joyous emotional celebratory day or two, but hmm, Krishna himself was not uh, as uh, it didn't do, let's say, as much for him as it did for everyone else. Because once again, now, in his Poganda Leela, this is a Poganda Leela, within the context of the Prakat. Prakat Leela means the manifest Leela. We've been talking in the morning about the unmanifest Leela. Prakat means the manifest Leela, and Prakat also means the best. So there's different ways to look at these two Leelas. And for the Sadakas, we may think this is the best because the Prakat Leela is a portal to the Aprakat Leela. It's like a, a, like a trailer to the movie, right? So you're that much more excited about where did that go? That part as they switch the camera to another scene and get a, just get a picture of it. Where's that going? So, um, so the Prakat Leela, and, and of course it's generous. It com- it, this is the way in which Krishna Leela comes to us, manifests within time and space, our frame of reference, and so on. And so, um, Prakat Leela and a Poganda Leela. Poganda Leela. I mention this because the reason that Krishna is not really carried away by becoming the prince, hmm, being crowned and, and so forth, and, and, and rather retired that night with a little bit of discontent hmm, and concern is, of course, once again within the Poganda Leela. The Poganda Leela means his boyhood Leela. Hmm, there are different uh, opinions on when his Pogondalila begins and, and when it ends. Hmm? Hmm? Um, I have followed the lead of Jiva Goswami who finds the Pogondalila ending at the Rasalila. Hmm? Rasalila, eight years old. Hmm? Which would be about a year from where we are now Krishna lifted Govardhan Hill at the age of seven. Mm-hmm. And so, prior to this, during the Denukasur Leela, at the end of that, Bhagavatam there speaks about 
Kishore, Kishore, hmm? the adolescence of Krishna, the Purvarag, hmm? some exchanging of glances between Krishna and the gopis. At the end of the day, Kusir Lila, Krishna is coming back to the to the village, and there's two or three verses that constitute an example. The first example in the Bhagavatam is this Purvarag. Purvarag means a kind of separation between Radha and Krishna that occurs when they acknowledge feelings of love for one another within themselves but are unable to entirely share it, express it given given the circumstances. So there's there's a separation created by the circumstances of their youth and 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 so on. But this we should take this manifesting of Kishore as just another instant incidence of Kishore sensibilities manifesting in the midst of Krishna's poganda, in the midst of his boyhood. Hmm. It's one of the ways in which it's characterized. Hmm. So that won't happen in his Kumar Leela, hmm. but in his poganda Leela, then this will start to manifest. And then in his Kishore Leela, he becomes a full-blown adolescence. Hmm. So he has some interactions with the gopis, some sharing of glances and so forth. Then, of course, the uh, idea is when he's lifting that hill, the reason he's lifting it with his one finger and not his whole hand is that he can fold three fingers down and look over them and and make eye contact with Radharani, which gives him the strength to hold up that mountain. Right? Hmm? Krishna's driving his strength from Radha. If she won't have him, then he wilts. Right? He will need to be pumped up and supported by his friends like Subal and uh, Ujval, Subahu, and and others who chant Radhanam into his ear or give him some assist him in some way of overcoming hmm? um, her apparent uh, uh, un- unwillingness to uh, acknowledge his feelings for her. So. Um, this is his preoccupation. Imagine, for seven days he's holding the hill hmm, and his eyes are fixed <laughs> as far as possible on, 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 on Radha. Hmm. He is the prince of Vrindavan, but Radha, Radha Vrindavaneshwari, right? She's the actual, the queen of Vrindavan and, and in, in a higher sense presides over it. Because, as we said earlier, Krishna is Bhagwan, controlled by his devotee's love, and the love of Radha exceeds that of everyone. She is Mahabhava Swarupini. Hmm? So, what does he do? He, he, he takes the flute hmm, given by, by, by Shiva, the bamboo flute, hmm, and he begins to play on the flute with the idea of expressing his feelings through the flute sound to the gopis, because the sound will go a distance. Sometimes here, at least at Audari, I haven't heard it here, down at his yurt, when he was living there, uh, Murlidar would play his bamboo flute. Hmm? Sound going through the Audari forest at night, very attractive. <laughs> So everything quiets down by this time. The cows are put, put put into their sheds and so forth. Everyone is bedded down. In the first three hours of the night, 
Hmm? Uh, Krishna creates a raga that's appropriate for this time. Of course, from a secular and an academic point of view, there will be different ways of looking at this particular raga. Hmm? But this is called Kedarag. Kedarag. Hmm? Kedarag is meant for the first three hours of the evening. It is a very, it is a type of raga that moves in a crooked way. Hmm? Rupa Goswami describes the love of Radha and Krishna to be like a snake moves in a crooked way hmm? so love she loves me she loves me not she loves me she loves me not to give an example right? what's going on here such is the nature of romantic love makes it a little different than Sakibab where there's always confidence he loves me hmm? he loves her too but you know he'll come to me and he'll need my advice and I'll be there for him <laughs> also right? uh, so there's a there's kind of a a, a, a lack of confidence, hmm? both in that, that arises in Madhurya Rasa and also in in Bhatsali Rasa, hmm? but it never arises in Sakya Rasa as to Krishna's affection and exactly how the the the, 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 the Krishna's coward friends feel about him, he feels exactly the same way. Hmm? This is thought to be. Uh, from the Sakyaras perspective, Rupa Goswami says, therefore, Sakya Bhaktas, they think, therefore, ours is the best. Hmm? We're completely on the same same page with it. Now, this will occur within Madhurya Ras too, in a different different ways. But but that other element is there hmm? of doubt, right? Hmm? We'll come to that later as we go further, if we get that far. Not today, but in other days, um, when we speak more about love and separation. Hmm? But here, he's feeling some separation. Hmm? And he plays and creates, I would say, the Kedar Rag. The Kedar Rag is, is associated with Shiva. Hmm? But we will think from our point of view, from the Bhava point of view, hmm? when, we, when we read Bhagavatam and so forth, that Krishna created the, all the Ragas. Hmm? His flute is not he's taking some music from somewhere else and playing it. That's not what Krishna's doing. Hmm? He's not he's creating ragas. Hmm? Which later musicians would would take it. It all comes from him. He's the original musician. The whole material world is 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 even described sometimes in modern days from a scientific viewing view point of view as being like a concert, right? Vibrations. Sounds, uh, you know, string theory, for example. Hmm? Uh, uh, if we were Nietzsche, Nietzsche, he said, if there was a god, he'd be a dancer. Hmm? We say, and a singer too, and and a, and a musician. Yeah. Hmm? The thing is going on, going on by, by it's an orchestra. It's it's a, it's a concert, right? Hmm? Even even the material world, so to speak, right? Lokabatu, lila kalimalyam. Is all lila. Hmm. So Krishna manifests the Kedarag. Now Kedarag is thought to be um, a given. It's like way it curves. It goes the ascending scale will only use six notes, and then we kind of descend on the scale. It'll use all seven, and it will move in a crooked way between them. Um, it's very um, uh, powerful and. Uh, in terms of uh, being an expression of romantic feelings. Now, while that is the case, hmm, 
It is also said, and accurately so, that Kedar Rog is a Rog that that its purpose is to reveal to the mind the nature of the Atma. So you know you have to put now these two things together. Hmm? Because when we're talking about Krishna Lila in in in, 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 in the in this case the the romantic sentiments, the bhava of Krishna and the gopis, hmm? and we're talking about Kedarag, you have to put together that the romanticism that is expressed through this rag and his flute, hmm? in another sense, is about revealing the nature of the Atma hmm? and its potential and its reality, its destiny hmm? to the mind. No, we won't. In other words, the romanticism of Krishna is is entirely spiritual transrational, trans-psychological. It appears to be kama, lust, material, mundane. But that flute sound of Krishna is not like that. It's not ordinary music, right? Hmm? This is an interesting point because um, also it's said that in another sense, it, it's also described that the Brahma Gayatri is one of the flute sounds of Krishna. So you know, we're, again, we're talking about Krishna's flute playing. I just want to put it in a give it the spiritual context that that uh, um, by which we can uh, appreciate on a deeper level what is the nature of lila, which is human-like that we're talking about, and how it's human-like. And like means different. Mm-hmm. It's like, but but not the same. Mm-hmm. It's like in externally. It looks the same, but internally it's different. Everything there is moving out of bhava. Hmm? Right? So, case in point, in a broader sense, the flute sound of Krishna said that Brahma was initiated with the Brahma Gayatri by hearing the flute sounds of Krishna. From the flute comes Om, then Pranava, Omkar, and then all the Vedas. So what kind of flute is that? Right? Hmm? What kind of music is that? goodness. And Shiva thought the same thing. He gave that flute to Krishna. Krishna started playing this new raga. And what did it do? This raga is, is, is said to be related to, associated with Krishna, with, 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 excuse me, with Shiva, and Krishna likes it. We're doing a background on this, a, ba- a reverse on this. It comes from Krishna, and Shiva liked it. I gave him that flute. This is what he did with it. What is another name for Shiva relative to what we're talking about? Kedarnath. Hmm? Kedarnath. Kedar hmm? means this, this rag, Kedarag. Hmm? Kedarnath. He's the deity presiding over, this, over, the, over the, the raga. He's Kedarnath because, uh, also because the, 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 the mountainous region, Kedar means like a field, hmm? valley, so the field and valley of the mountainous region where De- where Shiva presides over is called that mountain's called Gita. you have Badrinath, Kedarnath. Hmm? Right? I believe you have Kedarnath, the, the, the Gangotri is there, the source of the Ganga. Hmm? Excuse me, Badrinath. I've been there. Kedarnath, source of the Jamuna. Hmm? Pretty sure about that. I've never been there. I'm pretty sure about that. So Kedar 
you know, we might think, well, you know, like, that's Shiva. What does he have to do with Vaishnavism? Bhakti Thakur's name was Kedarnath. His birth name, Kedarnath. Got a Shiva name. How could he be? Of course, his parents didn't give it to him thinking like about the things I'm talking about either. But what one, one, one godbrother of mine, ex-godbrother of mine who left Prabhupada, his name is now Neil Delmonico. You, you, you probably know him, Nitai Das. Hmm? Things repeat themselves. Nitai Das. Uh, he, he said, uh, I had written a book once, a little, a little pamphlet about, uh, it was entitled um, Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasri Thakur, heir to Kedarnath Thakur, Kedarnath Bhakti Vinod, um, Guru Parampara, Shri Guru Parampara, something like that, like that was all in the, in the title. And, um, he somehow got a hold of it and didn't, didn't like it. And he said, who's this guy writing Triparari? What kind of Vaishnav name is that? Mm-hmm. Hmm? Like, how can he even be a Vaishnav? Hmm? He's got a name Triparari. Triparari is a name for Shiva. Hmm. Well, we don't have to think too deep to give an answer, right? Because Bhagavatam speaks very loudly at the very closing end of, the, of, its, of its final chapter in, in glorification of Shiva by saying Vaishnavanam Yata Shambhu Shambhu is another name for Shiva and Shiva is the greatest Vaishnav it says Vaishnavanam Yata well we can say we thought the gopis were the greatest Vaishnavs how can that be wow put it together he heard that Kedar Raga after he gave the flute from heaven and it turned the ascetic Shiva dressed in ashes into a gopi hmm yeah. What is her name? Gopishwar. <laughs> huh? Shiba developed. She, what does Shiva have to do with Madhuri Rasa? Well, when he heard that Kedarag, Krishna's playing it for the gopis. Kedar means field. So he, 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 he created a field hmm, and sowed within it and gave the gopis the opportunity to sow within it the seeds of their feelings of separation. Communicate him with them in the night. They heard it. Jiva Goswami says, <coughs> excuse me, Hare <coughs> Krishna. <coughs> <coughs> so the, through, the, through the flute sound they heard you, you, or they heard their own names. Hmm? Hmm? Krishna is trying to initiate them hmm? <laughs> through the flute. He's not mature enough yet as a guru to do that. Hmm? That will come at the, in a year from now. The, the Rasa Lila, then he's successful. Then they all come, even Radha. Hmm? He has a couple efforts beforehand where he's working on his craft of playing the flute, but it was enough to convert Shiva to get for, for the aesthetic, aesthetic Shiva dressed in ashes to get desires to follow in the, in, in, in the mood of this, this Raga romantic love which allowed him later on to, to take on a gopi deha a body of a, a gopi and when he came before the gopis and, and, and wanted to enter into the rasa dance they said we haven't seen you before what, 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 what part of Braj are you from? who are your parents? he said I don't know <laughs> they became suspicious hmm? Hmm? 
So if you want to go to Braj with the Siddhadeya, you're going to have to get new parents. You're going to have to know where you're from. It's will all come through Harinam, right? <laughs> through Harinam it will come. Like I said, your, your Parabdha karma will go away entirely. Where you're from, who your parents are, and so on. You'll be able to answer all these things. They're all extensions of the Bhav itself. Hmm? The Bhav of it's the Bhav itself. Hmm. You mean the Bhav will create the parents? Well, we read about that this morning, didn't we? Hmm? That Bhav is always expressing itself in newer and newer ways. Right? That's a, eternally there. Hmm? So, because he didn't know the answers to this, they were a little suspicious of him. They said, well, you can stand outside the gate here. I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll give you a position at the gate to the Rasalila, and you can protect it. Don't let other people in, because it's, it's night, and this is a private affair, and you know we don't want to get caught. So, Shiva was posted by the gopis at the gate, Gopishwar, Mahadev. Hmm? Hmm. It's a temple for him like this in Vrindavan. He's worshipped there hmm. on a regular basis. Hmm. The, uh, the lingam, big lingam of Shiva, and they dress him up like a gopi. Gopishwar, Mahadev, Kija. So this is the power of Krishna's Kedarag. Hmm. What to speak, what it will do to you, simple, simple people like us. Hmm. We can hear his flu, what it will do for us, right? what it did for Shiva. Hmm? We don't have the kind of resistance that would be built in in a typical ascetic to romantic life. <laughs> right? If you're too much renounced, you can't understand the Krishna Leela. Therefore, the, 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 the proper adhikar for bhakti means not, not too renounced, not too much of an enjoyer. Willing to accept, willing to renounce as much as is required in each instance for the seva. Hmm? Of Krishna, hmm? we're not a, we're not an exploiter, a taker, hmm? um, in pursuing only acquisition of things. Now we're trying. Now that we're trying to get away from things, too, too much on either side. That's karma on one side, gyan on the other, and these will uh, 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 desires for such that will haunt the heart in such a way that bhakti will not be able to take root there, will not be able to. Build a foundation there. Those desires we heard about the other day. Dharma projita kaita vutra. It's not that jnana is bad. It's not that karma is even bad. Karma, you guys speaking about following the karmic prescriptions uh, given in the, in the sacred texts, duties and responsibilities for persons under different modes of nature that correspond with their dispositions and so on and so forth. But the desire for the for karma marg or jnana marg doesn't leave room for bhakti. Therefore, bande shi krishna chaitanya nityananda sahodito godadai pushpabanto chitro samdo tamonudo. Tamonudo means it gets rid of those desires. And samudo means it gives the desire, the aspiration for such an audacious kind of aspiration. Me? I'll do that. I'll go there. And play with Krishna. Hmm? This is, yes, Gornatai giving this opportunity hmm? to ordinary people. Hmm? But to return to the narrative, hmm? Hmm? Krishna played his flute like this. Shiva heard the flute. Hmm? Shiva became, developed such desire, and at some point then that fructified in his becoming um, Gopishwar. That Gopishwar is very um, 
prominent in Gaudiya Vaishnavism, especially in Bhakti Sanda Sarasati Thakur's um, uh, lineage, Bhakti Vinod Paribar, as we refer to it, um, following his lead in that regard. All Gaudiya Math temples, they have a deity of Gopishwar just outside. You worship him before coming in, coming inside. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. I gave that Gopishwar mantra to all of the devotees at the Pol- one Polish Yatra one, one year. I hope you remember that. And you, those of you who are on the call or will listen to the call later. So there's a good big place for worshipping uh, uh, Shiva as a Vaishnava, right? We hear also from the Puranas the same point. What is it? Parvati asked, the wife of Shiva, hmm, what is the best type of worship? She wanted to do the best type of worship. And Shiva said, Aradhananam Sarvesham Vishnu Aradhanam Param The Aradhanam Param Aradhana means worship. The best kind of worship Param is the worship of Vishnu. And she thought, I'm worshipping you so I'm not doing the best worship but you're my husband. What what do I how do I think about this? Hmm? So understanding her mind after making the statement in two verses uh, uh, he said, Tasmat Parataram Devi Tadiyanam Samarjanam. However, Devi, hmm, my dear Devi, worship of that which is dear to Vishnu, that is even higher. And she said, Oh, well, you're very dear to Vishnu. Very, very, very good. I'll worship you. Hmm? Hmm. So, this is, uh, uh, we don't have an argument with the worshippers of Shiva. We have something to offer them. Hmm? No one flatters Shiva more than the Gaudiya Vaishnavas. No one gives him a higher position hmm? than, than the, than, than, than the Gaudiyas. He's taking the foot wash of Krishna on his head. That's the Ganga. Hmm? Hmm? Right? So, he's a servant of Vishnu, but we give him a place right at the gate of the Rasalila. Goodness. Hmm? And this by the power of Gedarag. <laughs> so what does that sound? What is the sound of Krishna's flute? This brings to mind to me an argument that has been around for a long time, but it keeps coming up here and there, and I just heard it the other day. I was asked for clarity on this. Hmm? So let me explain it to you. Hmm? The idea is that it's the uh, it's the confusion between what is varnashram and what is vaishnavis vaishnav dharma varnashram dharma and what within vaishnav dharma is the prema dharma of the bhagavatam and chaitanya mahaprabhu and what is varnashram hmm? how do these come together where do they depart um, and so forth so in a varnashram community and society which is now fading away even in india i mean if, if not for all intents and purposes, g- gone during the time of Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur, Bhakti Vinod Thakur, the Hindus were all uh, uh, king, Hindu kingdoms, right? They were ruled by the British, but the Hindu kingdoms were there, and, and the Hindus were all following the Varnashram um, social religious uh, system, right? Even the forms of Vaishnavism, like Sri uh, Vaishnavism and so forth, they they took much more. Uh, they had much more of a kind of a 
connection with Varnashram, then departure from Varnashram, which is a, a, an emphasis in Gaudiya Vaishnavism. It's an emphasis of a departure from Gaudiya Vaishnavism, which is true to the Bhagavad itself. Hmm? Hmm? Even Gyan is a departure from Varnashram. But of course, in some of the Vaishnava Sampradayas, it's thought, do karma properly, karma marg, and from karma, nishkam karma, you do the karma without a desire for the fruit, that will bring knowledge in the heart. When knowledge comes, you give up the karma. You have no more obligation to those duties because now you're moving from a designation within the world to identifying with the Atma, which is not of this world. That's Gyan. Atma Gyan. So if you have Atma Gyan, what obligation do you have from a worldly point of view? You're not in the world anymore, to, you know, largely. Hmm? So this is the sannyas life, right? The renounced life. Hmm? Uh, um, so even when you come to Gyan, you have no obligations within Varnashram. Hmm? Now, there may be some rules that govern sannyas, that's, but that's, that's it's a little bit of another thing. That's uh, unto itself. So what to speak of bhakti? This is a point Uddhava makes, or Krishna makes to Uddhava in Bhagavatam in the 11th canto very, very nicely. Hmm? That if you are actually purified in the heart, hmm? such that Atma Gyan comes in, hmm? and your identification is not with the world, but with the Atma. And now you're exploring that identification, right? All that you are in the, in the fullest spiritual uh, sense of, of being consciousness. If you get that far, it's pretty far. Hmm? Then you have no obligation for participating in the... In the uh, for ad- adhering to all the rules that govern Varnashram, how to breathe, how to sleep, how to, how to evacuate... And, uh, which w- direction to turn at this time and that time and so on and so forth. There's thousands of rules. Hmm? That's not a bad thing. Hmm? These rules are, are 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 like capturing a wild animal, putting him in a cage, and then gradually taming him. Hmm? Something like that. So we're coming out of the wild. Now we're in human life. We should be religious. So there should be some religious rules which are moving in the direction of a real freedom that's only we only have a facsimile of in the wild, in animal life. We seem they seem free, like they don't have to follow the rules, right? There's attractive to us. Oh, the deer, it's just running free. Oh, the puma, we <laughs> <laughs> haven't seen one yet, but, um, and so forth. But 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 we're attracted to that because we're 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 a unit that's actually free. We're not this body. That's attracted to us, the wild, hmm? right. and we resist regular rules and so forth. But these are rules for freedom, like you know, the rules of the road, so that you can drive freely. That's the whole varnashram. But if you come to Atmagyan, then you have no obligation to them. But to get to Atmagyan, that's a long haul, right? Hmm? You have to perform the karma properly, and then distance yourself from the fruits of, of your um, karmic uh, obligations and, and, and so forth and still carry on with them. Knowledge must come. This takes some time. 
Atmagyan. But if you arrive at Atmagyan, then you no longer... You're, now you can be a contempl- contemplative. You can do yoga, you can meditation, you can sit. So what rules do you have there? Hmm? A different set of rules, if you will, but not to do with the world. You're, right? you're in the world, but you're not of it, or you're pursuing the not of it that you are, right? Now the point I'm making here by emphasizing this is Bhagavatam makes this point in 11th can I forget, maybe chapter 20. Next verse follows, it says, and with regard to bhakti, if you have faith in bhakti, hmm, then you also don't have to take up the varnashram. To the extent to which you have faith in bhakti, then you're not obliged to follow the varnashram. Now, look at the difference. You have to actually come to Atmagyan to be freed from the obligations of varnashram that if you didn't follow, you would have committed a sin. Hmm? But if you just have faith in bhakti, <laughs> you haven't attained prem yet, or bhava, but you have faith in bhakti. Hmm? Of course, now faith means sranagati, as we've said, applying yourself, but the standard is lower in a sense, because you can be a sranagata, and you, and you, 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 you still have not realized atmagan yet. Hmm? Hmm? But you're in like use an example of Siddha Maharaj, a, a taller building. Hmm? One building is ten stories high and you can be the executive of the tenth story and look down at the doorkeeper in the building next door that's a hundred stories, but the doorkeeper could work his way up and become the CEO of a hundred story building and look down at you. Atmagyan, that's nothing. <laughs> hmm? From the land of Prem, right? Atmagyan, there's nothing. That's a small thing. <laughs> Insignificant, right? Hmm? So, so, so the point I'm bringing up here is that we're talking about the relationship between Vaishnavism and, and, uh, and, and, and Varnashram. Now, they can complement one another. There are ways in which they run on parallel tracks, but there are ways in which they depart, where the absolute departs from the relative. So there are things we can borrow from Varnashram, sensibilities, hygiene, um, uh, any, any, any number of, of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you have to have a culture uh, and so forth. But um, but to the extent to which we have faith in our Sharanagata and applying ourselves, we, we, we're absolved from. We're on another path, is the point. right? But in a society where Varnashram is the existing social system, like during the time of Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasri Thakur, Bhakti Vinod Thakur, despite the British overrule. Hmm? The idea that we're talking about here of bhakti and it's, it's, it, it's it being superior to Vaishnavism was not an easy sell. Hmm? Hmm? That you could just have faith in bhakti through sadhu sangha and even Ramanuja would say, well, first you've got to do dharma. Hmm? Then you get, can get gyan. Then you can come to bhakti. Unless you're a Sharanagata, you could do true, you could do that. Hmm? Which would generally be for outcast people and so forth that weren't part of the Varnashram, didn't have the, the prospect for following the system, but they could be a, a, a Sharanagata hmm? and, and go to go to Vaikuntha. Hmm? But there's a there's a more clear demarcation, if you will, between Varnashram and Vaishnavism when we come to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's teaching. But and so, I should say, during the time of Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasitakur, well, 
he uh, was asked by Bhakti Bhano Thakur to establish Daibu Ashram. Uh, and I think there's different ways to look at that, but w- one, of, one of the things that he meant was there's these hereditary Brahmins hmm, who um, c- c- claim to have a monopoly on religious rites and rituals and who think that their position is superior to that of Vaishnavas who don't have a caste either by birth or have given up caste designations taking off the Brahmin thread hmm? what is your gotra your family your lineage Achuta gotra I mean the family of Krishna ah suddenly you think you're the family of Krishna Achuta gotra hmm? what is your uh, what is your actual family where, where are we who, what is your father mother who, what kind of intellectual uh, sleight of hand is this? And now suddenly you think you're superior to us Brahmins, hmm? who, who, whose, whose, whose scripturally mandated duty is to oversee the religious community. And, and if you can become a Brahmin, and in that life you can take sannyas, then you can get mukti. Hmm? And you are not even a... You're a sudra. We don't know what caste you are. You have no caste. So you just call yourself a Chaitanya follower. You think that you... Of course, there was some abuse on that side. That's true. Hmm? But their idea was faulty to begin with. So there was a big um, meeting in West Bengal. And Bhakti Vinod was going to speak on Vaishnavism versus Brahmanism and how this all works. But he became ill and he sent his son, young young son, Bhakti Siddhant Sarsati Thakur, who gave three days of lectures. Hmm. This is relative to the point that I was asked about. Hmm. And that is that, well, let's say that someone has Brahminical qualities, character, but they're not born in a Brahmin family. Hmm then even Jiva Goswami in his commentary on in Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu says that he should be treated like a Brahmin, but of course he cannot perform the duties of a Brahmin. Hmm? Because even a Brahmin boy from a Brahmin family can't perform the duties of the Brahmin until he receives the samskar of Brahma Gayatri and is trained in the Brahminical duties. So you may have Brahminical qualities, we can respect that, but you can't do the work of the Brahmins, which means to worship the deity. Hmm? We are the gurus. The Brahmins are the gurus of the society. Hmm? So, the powerful grip, if you will, of Varnashram hmm, in times gone by was such that it made ingress into or Resist it expressed resistance. It fortified resistance to the to some essential doctrine of Gaudiya Vaishnavism. Hmm? I mean, one uh, in in Panarbar, there was one Acharya uh, from the past who insisted, for example, that no nobody born not born in a Brahmin family can be a Vaishnav guru because the Brahmins are the gurus. Maybe he maybe he is qualified like a guru, 
you know, qualified like a Vaishnava, but this is not the teaching. To be a guru, you have to be a Brahmin. Hmm? This kind of thinking. Hmm? Uh, it, it comes up again and again. And Jiva Goswami said it right there. If you can't perform the duties of a Brahmin because you have not received the, Bra- the, the, the Brahma Gayatri, and we don't just give them to anybody, so some guy comes along, he has the qualities of a Brahmin. Hmm? He's not in our community. Hmm? He's not been trained as a Brahmin. We respect him, but we're going to perform the duties. So this is one of the arguments that Bhakti Siddhanta Sarsati Dhabra to deal with. Somebody asked me about this recently. Jiva Goswami says, something happens when the Gayatri is given hmm, and chanted, that when it's not, you lack that qualification. And of course, along with that is the training. Hmm, that someone who has the qualities of a... Because, obviously, Bhakti Siddhanta Sarsati was saying, my Vaishnavas, disciples, they're Brahmins. Hmm? They can worship the deity and they can be gurus. For that matter, there are many examples, right? Uh, Narutam Thakur was a Chetriya. Baladev Bidyabhushan, the scholar, who could, be, who could be more Brahminical than him, he was a Vaishya, from a Vaishya family. There were many, many examples in Gaudiya Vaishnavism of Gaudiya Vaishnavas not from Brahmin families, worshipping the deity and serving in the capacity of guru. But still, there's arguments that people bring up on this. Hmm? Despite those precedents. So how do we um, resolve that? Right? Hmm? Well, this is the way Bhakti Siddhanta resolved it. Very simply. He said, if those persons who are not born in Brahmin families or outside of Varnashram altogether, like all of us, you can't just be born outside of Varnashram and say, I think I'll join. I'll join the Varnashram. Uh, I'll be a Vaishya. Hmm? Wait a minute, where's your pedigree here? Where, where is your, you know, uh, your, uh, um, what's that, Gabardhan Samskara, that the parents, uh, uh, the Samskara before your birth that they, that, that, that they performed and so forth, it lets you in, in, in the system, if you will. Hmm? Uh, Of course, this kind of emphasis is 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 something that Bhaktivinotak or Bhaktisthan they 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 resisted or to some extent they wanted to emphasize the quality the character of a person right and and push back on on Brahmanism which as Bhaktivinotak Sarsatakur pointed out in his lectures that I'm referring to. Uh, with regard to hereditary Brahmanism, it's a key point of the Bhagavatam. The Kali Yuga is characterized by un, by hereditary Brahmins gone astray. Hmm? Right? And you get these kind of I get these kind of questions from Indian Brahmins who are probably computer programmers. Well, if you're born in a Brahmin family, but you take up an occupation as a computer programmer, you're a Sudra. According to Manasamhita. <laughs> so, but anyway, the way the way that Bhakti Siddhanta resolved this, first of all, he pointed out, well, hereditary Brahmanism's got its problems in Kali Yuga to begin with. So, if we're going to establish Varnashram, we might better look to those who have qualities 
aside from birth because many hereditary Brahmins don't have the qualities but still think that they should be regarded as Brahmins, as Brahmins are to be regarded. Hmm? But he also said, and this is just like very like insightful, that if they're from outside the Varnashram or not born in Brahmin families, hmm, but they have the qualities of, of a Brahmin, then if they get Vaishnav Diksha, then what is Vaishnav Diksha? That is superior to the Diksha within Varnashram. Hmm? That samskara is created by receiving the Brahma Gayatri. More than that is qualification from a spiritual point is, is given by by calm gayatri. Hmm? Right? Hmm. So he said, and there's no restriction to giving Vaishnav Diksha to anybody in terms of caste. Hmm? It's not that we only give Vaishnav Diksha to people that are born in Brahmin families. There's no such restriction within Vaishnav Dharma. So Vaishnav Dharma allows us to give diksha to anybody and everybody if we see the quality, the characteristic, the qualification of Shraddha, faith. Hmm? Faith in Bhakti, we can, we can give diksha. And if they receive the Vaishnav diksha, then they've already received more than the Brahman boy receives. Hmm? And of course, Bhakti Siddhanta included then within his diksha the Brahma Gayatri as well. How can you give Brahma Gayatri? Hmm? He's not born in a Brahmin family. Well, Brahma Gayatri, it's said in the Garuda Purana, what? Gayatri Basu Rupo So. In a verse glorifying the Bhagavatam, among other things, it says, and Srimad Bhagavatam is a commentary on Brahma Gayatri. Now, can Vaishnavas read the Bhagavatam? Is that allowed, sir? Hmm? If they can study the commentary and are taught to live inside the commentary of Srimad Bhagavatam, then what would, what would prohibit them from chanting the mantra hmm? that corresponds with it? Brahma Gayatri. There are many different ideas and understandings of what Brahma Gayatri is. Therefore, Jiva Goswami labored in Paramatma Sandarbha and later, and also earlier in, in um, Tattva Sandarbha, to point out that this mantra, Brahma Gayatri, is only and exclusively about worshipping Bhagawan in Bhakti. It's not about worshipping the sun god, or it's not for this purpose or that purpose, and so on. So it's, it's for Vaishnavas. Hmm? It's for Brahmins too, but it's for Vaishnavas. And Brahman Vaishnavas should, underst- should understand the position of Vaishnavas. If they don't have Adhikar and they're Brahmins within Varnashram, they should have regard for the Vaishnavas. So these are, uh, um, we're speaking about Krishna's flute. <laughs> and the flute is one, one, one at times, as I say, the, the flute is described as, as Gayatri. Brahma heard the Gayatri, heard Krishna's flute. Right? This is maybe in Brahma Samhita, it's described. The other texts described a little differently, but hmm? nobody argues. Krishna's flute sound. Yes, that's, that's the Gayatri. Are we allowed to, to hear Krishna's flute? Hmm? What do you think? Hmm? <laughs> the, the gopis, they were just Vaishyas, village girls, and everybody in the bridge heard it. It's Vamsi Priyasaki. Hmm? The dear friend of the Vamsi is the Priyasaki, the dear friend of everyone in Braj, because when Krishna plays it, 
they, they know where he is. Hmm? And he plays different notes for the cows and different notes for the friends and different notes for the gopis and ragas and so forth and and see the effect it can have, right? So this is a, this is a spiritual affair. Varnashram is a social affair. Hmm? There are ways in which they can, as I say, work together and there are ways in which they depart and we should understand them. So, so there's no prohibition within Var... Yes, within Varnashram, the Brahmins should be the gurus and the Brahmins should do the deity worship. But deity worship is also an arch, an, an, an anga of bhakti. Hmm? So if one has uh, is, is 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 an initiated Vaishnava, then there's no prohibiting him or her from doing archan, right? Hmm? Now you amongst them, you might it would be natural that one of a brahminical type of disposition coming from their material conditioning would be the type of Vaishnava who would be inclined to do the deity worship. Another might be inclined to be a gardener or whatever might be the case. That's that's ways in which, at least in the beginning, these, these things can work together. And in an institution, then you could engage somebody common, with common sense. Hey, yes, this disposition, engage in this way, in, in, in bhakti. But there's no prohibition. Hmm? There's no uh, rule against Vaishnavas doing deity worship. And the, as much as archan is an, is an aspect or an anga of bhakti, so, uh, serving the guru is an anga of bhakti. So, having gurus, being a guru within Gaudiya Vaishnavism is, is, is um, also allowed. So, who will be the guru? Who's ever qualified, hmm? regardless of what birth they may have. Right? Hmm? Well, I just just come to my mind because someone had brought it up. And this is the way in which Bhakti Siddhanta dealt with this. He prevailed in that uh, debate, Brahmano Vaishnava, it's been published, I think, in English. Hmm? Three days of talks. The first talk, he's talked about how glorious the Brahmins are. Everybody liked that. Hmm? Second that talk, he started to get into um, his argument, and third, third, like in like a needle, out like a plow, right? In the end. But he was supported by fully by Bhaktivinoda Thakur and by also the Radharaman Goswamis. Hmm? Hmm. They supported him in that, which is, I mentioned that the Radhaman Goswamis, because some of the Goswami families were all Brahmin families, were Vaishnavas, these, these kind of Goswami families, they could also err in this regard and, and, and give deference to karma um, over, or Varnashram, over Vaishnavism by um, making such, having such ideas. I call it bhakti covered by karma. Hmm? If you think that if you're uh, you're qualified as a Brahmin and a Vaishnava guru, but you can't be a guru because you weren't born in a Brahmin family, hmm? well, too many examples would contradict that. I call that bhakti covered by karma. But some Vaishnava gurus, Gaudi Vaishnava gurus, may, may even may even teach that. Hmm? So it's a, it's an example of how, at least in the past, this Varnashram, which was the social fabric, hmm? with all of its rules and so forth. Hmm? was difficult to overcome. And, and, of course, this goes all the way back to the Bhagavatam here. Krishna's playing his flute and the gopis are not supposed to, according to Varnashram, be meeting him in the night and, and he's not supposed to be playing that flute, you know, with that raga. He's not supposed to be creating that raga. Hmm? But he does. Hmm? And to conclude, we've gone a little long here, I think, but um, I don't see the time. What is the time? 1221. 1221. So, Anyway, what follows, of course, is that um, um, 
Krishna doesn't meet with the gopis. Again, he's, he's just perfecting his 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 his, his, his flute playing, and 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 the night ends. Hmm? The night ends, and with the night and with an, and it ends in an in on an ecodicy. And it's a short ecodicy of only 18 hours. And so the time for breaking the fast on the duodicy, there's a window, the parn, in which to break the fast, occurs before dawn. That brings us to the next chapter of Bhagavatam. Yes. We'll hear about that tomorrow. Grantara Sriman Bhagavatam. Kijai. Go Bhaktivinda Kijai. Go Premanandi. Okay, so save your questions for tomorrow. We'll stop there. Hello.